The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for joining us again this morning. And I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed worshiping the Lord Sunday. And uh, we're just glad you're with us again today and giving us an opportunity to hopefully encourage you through the teaching of God's Word. Uh, If you're following along in your Bible or tablet or phone or whatever, uh, we are in the book of Colossians. We are studying a book that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae. And he was writing it in reference to doctrine, this this wrong doctrine that had been brought in. Doctrine is the teaching, the foundational principles of which Christianity is based, the teaching of Scripture. And they've been bringing in these false doctrines, mostly in this initial section, Paul is referencing God and mostly Jesus Christ, the preeminence of Christ in the church. And, And most false doctrines do that. One of the first things they do is they don't eliminate Christ, they just downgrade Christ to less of, of, of importance, uh, um, equal to a great prophet or things of that nature, but they strive to eliminate his divinity and his deity. And so Paul is writing this to help the church to have an understanding. See, I think what I appreciate when you look at this, a great truth in any type of our Christian growth, a lot of times it, what we want to do is we want to find out why we're right or what, what we believe. And so what we do is we spend a lot of time studying people who, with whom we think we might disagree or who disagrees with us. And please understand, I think it's, it's a good thing um, to know the differences. It's, it's not necessarily wrong to go out and study the teachings and thinking of other people. But I hope you understand, you're not necessarily going to grow in your knowledge of God and your strength in your Christian journey by getting to know what other people think. Truly, to grow in, in, in a strong foundation and your love for God and your ability to understand and, and to strengthen Christ, your study should focus, first of all, in Him and getting to know Him in the Word of God, in the doctrine, growing in Christ. When we do that... Uh, then we will be able to study and hear these other teachings and we'll say, you know what? I can't tell you all of what they say, but these three things I know are wrong. Not because they're, I know they're teaching. I know they're wrong because they don't fit Scripture. So the goal is not to just be an expert. And, and, and apologetics is necessary. It's important. There's a place for it. But I believe it starts with understanding Scripture. And then we can move on to those things. And so uh, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to evaluate. I, I referenced this I could say almost kind of quickly in Friday's episode, as we were concluding the, uh, the episode, and I mentioned I'll probably deal with this again today, and I'm going to, that I think it's important to look at these two verses because there, there's some important things to understand. Mostly, I, I state this because a lot of times when you talk to those who don't understand um, the crucifixion of Christ, um, why we talk about the blood, why we find it important. And people would say, I struggle with that belief system because it's bloody. It seems gory. It seems weird. Some even use the term cultic. And so I, want, I just want to take a minute and explain from these verses why Christ put this in here, or at least why we, the teaching here, what it means to us. So let's go back again to Colossians 1, um, verse 14. He says this, uh, Paul says this, in whom, now again, we, when we look at in whom, we go back. So we understand whom he's referencing. Verse 12 and 13, we're referencing God, as we mentioned Friday. He says, uh, in whom, we go back to the end of verse 13. 
He has translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. In whom? Please remember, the verse numbers were not necessarily inspired. They're there for convenience. So this is not one verse to another. This is a flowing letter to the church. So you don't have to break them up. So simply what it says, um, he has translated us into the kingdom of his, in his, of, of his dear son in whom we have redemption. It's, it's, it's a flowing thought. And so he's referencing Christ. We have redemption through his blood, through the blood of Christ. So let's, let's go first of all. Redemption, we mentioned last time, talks about for, um, we've been freed. We are, are the price of our sin. Let me go into that because when we talk a little bit later about the forgiveness of sin, this is important. What is it? What, what, did, what need? Redemption is a price. It's a price that was paid um, to purchase our freedom. Why? Well, the Bible says, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Uh, Romans, for all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. Basically, because of our sin, we, uh, there's a teaching called condemnation. We deserve to go to hell. We all deserve eternal punishment. The wages, the punishment for sin is death. The second half of that verse in Romans is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what is that gift? The gift is Christ going to the cross and paying that death. He endured that death on the cross. Instead of us, because there's no way we could do it. The only way we could pay our punishment is to spend eternity in hell, in death, forever. So Jesus went to the cross to pay that sin, shed his blood, and he paid that price. And now what he's doing is he's offering us salvation. He's paid the price. He's redeemed us. He's paid that price, and now he's offering us that redemption. It's literally a slave. We're slave to our sin. And he's saying, I have paid the price for your freedom. The thing is, we must accept that. We must come to him and say, Lord, thank you. Put our faith in him and accept that gift. A gift, the value of a gift is in what it cost. Uh, you know, the value of a gift is found in the co cost of what Jesus paid to go to the cross, to give of his blood, to give of his life for us. That's the value. The acceptance, the to a gift to be effective, we must receive it. It becomes ours when we receive it. God's not going to force it on us, but we must accept it. We must put our faith in him, confess our sin, and turn to him. That's redemption. So we have redemption, but it's through his blood. So why is the blood of such importance? So I'm going to start with this simple phrase that we learn in the book of Hebrews. The Bible says, I think it's Hebrews 9, it says this, in whom, talking about Christ, um, actually, I'm thinking the wrong verse. He says, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Please understand, blood is the life. You know, in our life, our life is found in our blood. As long as blood is flowing through the heart and flowing through our body, we have life. You lose too much blood, you lose life. If you get the wrong kind of blood in your body, you know, it can cause grief. Uh, uh, when they want to find out, I just had a physical a couple weeks ago as part of a yearly thing, and uh, one of the things they do is they draw blood and they run tests because they can see a lot of the problems that might be in, in my life and physical health, things like that, through the blood. So it's not, it's not weird for us to see life in the blood. It, uh, it's relatively normal. But why blood? the other side you see, not only is life in the blood, uh, through the entire Old Testament, from the day Adam and Eve had to acknowledge their own sin and, and deal with it, God used blood because it, it's life. So he, they had to sacrifice two animals. And from that day until the day Christ went to the cross, the picture of the sacrificial lamb, that the blood being shed for the payment of sin, for the um, covering of sin at that time, always looks forward to the cross. So uh, it, it's, it's a picture of prophecy. It's a picture of the promise of God that God would give his life source, blood, for our lives. Uh, now, why is it blood instead of death? 
Well, the picture and the prophecies all bring that too. And, and, and death was truth. Uh, here's the one thing unique though. You know that God, excuse me, Satan tried to have Christ die way before he got to the cross. There was a time when Jesus, they tried to throw him off a cliff and he disappeared. Um, in the garden, many people believe that Satan was trying for him to kill him in the garden before he got to the cross. Why? Because it wasn't his death that did it. Not to mention so many prophecies built up to the cross promises of the Messiah and the prophecies of Old Testament from Isaiah 53 to Psalm 22, all building, and many, many more, building up to the cross, and Satan didn't want him to go there. So we do see that the death was a reminder. It's a picture. It's the prophecies fulfilled. He puts him in the grave as Jesus who had died. He raises from the grave, uh, grave, giving us a reminder who he is. He is the risen Son of God. He conquered the grave, and because he conquered the grave, he can give us victory over the grave. All of that is seen in this. But the remission of our sin was seen through the blood. And that's why it says here, um, he says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Then he says, even the forgiveness of sins. You know, it's unique that we say, well, in the world today, the world simply says we don't need this. They don't like to talk about sin. They don't like to talk about the fact that we need forgiveness. You're not really a bad person. You can live any way you want to. But unfortunately, it's just not true. We've all sinned. We come short of the glory of God. And there is a punishment for sin. No matter what the world tells you, there is a punishment for sin. The place called hell. But please understand, God initially did not create hell for you and me. He created it for the devil and his angels. When sin came into our life, that's we kind of purchased a ticket to hell. But realizing there's nothing we can do to get out of it, Jesus sent his son to the cross through death, through the shed blood, purchased our place in heaven. Now what we need to do is accept it. And what do you do? Forgiveness of sin. That forgiveness gives me righteousness, positionally through Christ. I'm not righteous, but in his, in Christ I am. And therefore now I can get to heaven because of what Christ did for me. It's not church. It's not religion. It's none of those things. I go to church. I get baptized. I, I serve the Lord. I do all the things as a result. When, when I put my faith in Christ and I truly get saved, those things come as a result of my salvation. They don't bring salvation. They result from salvation. Bible says not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't, if we went to heaven based upon our works, we're we're just going to be arrogant. We already are. We do struggle with this. We get to heaven by the grace of God. Our faith in His grace. That's how we, that's how we get it because of all of this. And by the way, as you study this, if, if works or what me being good were part of salvation, don't you think He would have put it right there? As He's teaching this doctrine to this church, don't you think He would have added that? Why didn't He? Because it was completed. It's finished. All done. The completed work of Christ. It is done. It is finished as he said upon the cross. He said, it is finished, all is done, nothing else is needed to gain salvation. Now, if you've been saved, you understand these things, maybe. Maybe these are some helpful understanding to fill some gaps in the area of doctrine or theology. If you've never been saved, uh, this is honestly that simple. You say, well, it seems easy, it seems cheap. No, someone giving of your life. We think about freedom in America. We enjoy it every day, but we know it wasn't cheap. There was a lot of bloodshed for our freedom by our forefathers. Same thing on the cross. It's not cheap. It's very expensive, very valuable. It is only free to us because someone's purchased it for us. And that is the truth of salvation. I hope you recognize that. I hope that's something that you put your faith in, that your eternal destiny is not in your good works, not in your good outweighing your bad. It's not in your baptism. It's not in your religious tradition. It's in your faith in Christ. And I hope that's where you found, because that is the only place we can find true hope and true guarantee of a home in heaven. 
Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning. I hope these things have helped uh, strengthen many of you. This is just a recap, but I hope it's a reminder of really what it means for Christ to have gone to the cross and shed his blood, what it means to us, and why we hold so much value to this idea of the shed blood of Christ. It's not ugly, it's beautiful, because his life was given in that for us. Again, thanks for joining us again today. We hope you'll join us again.